Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, and uh, with me today uh, are some new friends of mine uh, who I have met just recently, uh, owners of the Energy Spot in Brownsburg and Selfless Plug. They have some amazing, amazing drinks there. Uh, Brian and Autumn, say say hello, everybody. Hey. Hey, everybody. All right. Well, guys, uh, we are glad that you're here. But before we get into, there's a couple of things. Every week, there's a theme that uh, that my guests don't drink coffee, right? Like I don't know what it is. We're called coffee in conversation. We're not called tea in conversation. But you guys are the first ones to give me something other than coffee. Yes. That's right. I am. So tell me, uh, tell me what I am drinking here. Uh, you're drinking a banana cream pie shake. Um, it's a meal replacement shake, so it's going to fill you up, but also it tastes like dessert. Yes. So uh, I, I sent them a text frantically <laughs> uh, saying, hey, you guys coming from the shop? I would love because I skipped lunch, to have a shake, and they brought this for me. So I'm going to take, before you take your first sip, I'm going to take my 10th sip. <laughs> that is, I, I, I love your guys' shakes. Those are good stuff right there. Now, on to the coffee. It's uh, funny because we're probably the first coffees, coffees on yeah. coffee and conversation. Yes. Yeah, you are. Yes, yeah, that's right. Their last name. <laughs> is coffee. Yeah. Why I didn't even tell anybody that is beyond me, right? Brian and Autumn Coffee are drinking coffee in conversation. Like if you ever start your own podcast, you cannot call it coffee in conversation. You know what? I already, like, literally that's on a piece of paper somewhere. I'm not even joking because that would have been the title. Listen, listen uh, we're friendly. I love you both. I will sue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, look, we are so glad that you guys are here. And um, as always, uh, mutual friends of ours, uh, uh, our coffee is supplied through Hoosier Warrior Coffee. Uh, this this week, we are enjoying Reveille Coffee. And uh, unfortunately, um, I finished the coffee today. So this is the last of the coffee for the coffees, right? Uh, so I, I have to, uh, you know, make sure Alan and Courtney hook me back up with some more coffee, all right? So you guys are gonna enjoy some really good coffee today. Uh, I have my mug, and I love my mug. I'm gonna give it some recognition here. Please do not confuse your Google search with my theology degree. Uh, It was a gag gift. I love every bit of it. Anyway, to our first sip. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers. So good, so very good. Very good. Yes, that, we made that French pressy, so that was good. <laughs> All right, well, guys, I want to hear um, about your story, um, and 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 the reason why we're here for our audience' sake, uh, as you guys know, if you've been a regular listener, you know that this season we're talking about uh, rehab, we're talking about addiction, we're talking about overcoming those things, um, and and you guys are no stranger to that at all. And so, why don't you tell tell us, tell me. Uh, you know, a little bit about your story, your background. You want to start? <laughs> sure. Um, well, Brian and I actually met in um, AA about uh, 14 years ago, maybe? Um, and so... 2000 and... 
Uh, Christmas of 2004. Oh, okay. 16 years really? ago. Oh, 16 man. years ago. Feel old. That's <laughs> How is that possible? I was in high school yesterday. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, the age, the age doesn't mix that up. Cute? That's right. Um, but no, we met in AA. Um, I guess 16 years ago, okay. and um, we're both sober for a period of time, and then um, you know, life happened, and we didn't continue to do the deal. Um, and kind of from there on, it's been a struggle with, um, you know, addict. it wasn't always, I would say, um, in the forefront, but it was all, always just kind of hanging out, you know, yeah. um, in the background and, um, up until a little bit over a year ago for you. And then about 10 months ago for me, um, it got to the point where, uh, we knew we had to do something different. So... So you guys, uh, you guys met in AA. You struggled with addiction even after that. Is that correct? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what was that? So, how long have you guys been married in the midst of addiction? You know when the we met. The entire time. Yeah. The entire well, time. Well, how, what, yeah, when did we get married? We were married in two thousand nine. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so for the last better part of ten years. Yeah. You guys have been struggling with this. Talk a little bit about what that what that was like on, on your marriage. Was was that something that you guys just didn't think about all that much because you were both in it? Or what? I think it's interesting. Um, you know, the dynamic is has been, you know, one person uh, at times is, is doing well um, and, and sometimes carrying, you know, say, yeah. so to speak, kind of the other person. Okay. Um, and, and there's hundred percent been times where we've both just been in the middle of full fledged addiction and both using and, and, um, uh, we can be a disaster, mm. uh, for sure. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's been up and down. It's, it's like a roller, it's been a roller coaster. What kind of strain did that put on you guys, it, both individually and as a couple? It's interesting looking back, like, while you're in it, you don't realize how dysfunctional it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was almost our our norm. Like, you know, there's couples that I would say, like, fight a lot, and mm -hmm. you see it, and it's, like, knock down, drag out, but ours was never like that. It was um, almost like a... I can't even explain it. You know what I mean? It's like we understand each other. Yeah. We get it. Like we both know that, that we're sick and yeah. have been for a long time. So when I said earlier, like like one's lifting the other up at times, um, you know, we're, even though um, we've been really dysfunctional at times, we're both um, supporting each other. We're here. team dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, I get that. I used to tell my, my friends that my family put the fun in dysfunction. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I completely understand that answer. But you know, you, say, you said something there, Autumn, that really uh, struck me. You, you said that even when you guys didn't realize you were having, you know, uh, going through these issues, you, you, you kind of just kind of survived and moved forward. Uh, when I hear a lot of addicts talk, uh, and especially in my experience as well, uh, my addiction was very noticeable to me, um, and my and my dysfunction was very noticeable to me. So, what do you think was different with your situation? Where I mean, was it uh, you know uh, was it visible to you, or, or is it truly like you just didn't realize it until it was time to get it right? I think for us, um, and we've kind of 
talked on this lately, especially with drinking, um, and alcohol is such a big part of culture now. Yes. Um, we surrounded ourselves with people that drank like us. Yeah. And so that seemed normal. Mm. And even when we were like, man, it just seems like things aren't going well and maybe we should take a step back. We're like, but everybody drinks. And, and who would we even hang out with and who would we have around our family? And it's like, now that we're sober, we're like, oh, there's this whole group of people yep. that don't drink that yep. we just didn't know about because we were so... I guess I'm meshed in it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was so part of your culture that you mm. couldn't even see see around it. Was that scary at, at first to kind of almost reject that lifestyle? Were you afraid that you were going to lose friends and lose, uh, you know, connections? I think, at least for me, um, I mean, we met in recovery, mm-hmm. so yeah. we, we were. I remember that strong group that we had when we were in AA and that, and that culture and that, um, that bond and that connection. Um, so I think you, you know, it's there, but I think leaving your, where you are, even though it's dysfunctional is so uncomfortable. Um, you're almost scared to go back. Yeah. There's fear of, of, of what you're leaving, um, because you're so immersed in it. Now, Prior to you two getting together, how how long prior to that uh, was each of your addictions? When did they when did they start for for you as individuals? I remember walking into my first AA meeting um, at eighteen. Okay, I, I got a public intox when I was in college, and uh, I got sentenced to one of those drug and alcohol deferral programs. Sure, you know it was the la 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 listening to all the information. Um, that was my first exposure to it, and I had I had been drinking uh, since I was fifteen. Okay, so it was really when it started for me. Okay, was it? Uh, and if you don't have to answer this question, if you're not comfortable answering, was it just alcoholism for you? Not as in just as if that's not as bad, right? But was that your only your only addiction? Um, I would, for the most part, yeah, I would say yes. That I was mean, your big one. I experimented with other things, you know, along the way. Yeah, but for the most part, booze was my thing. Okay, all right. Autumn, what about you? Um, I started off, uh, you know, it's like a progression in some people. He kind of stayed in one area, and I really didn't like the feeling of being drunk, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so. I think a lot of mine was depression, anxiety. How mm. do I get rid of that? Yeah. And at a young age, the first time I tried any uppers, I was like, oh, this is what life's supposed to feel like. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, whenever you don't feel good normally and you find something that makes you feel okay. Right. You stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a total addictive personality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so so for you, it was trying to find, uh, uh, to fill a hole. For sure. That you had, right? Was that your reason as well? Or... I believe so. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never felt good enough. Uh, and, yeah. You know, it's, it's that hole of, uh, if I do this or if I do this or if I obtain this or if I get more, then I'm going to get to a place where it's going to be like, oh, I've arrived. Right? Yeah. Right. And I've never felt, you never feel like you arrived. So you're numbing. I've always numbed myself with, um, you know, any alcohol mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's, I mean, that's huge. I mean, you, you two, are speaking to um, a, 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 a bunch of addicts right now, uh, even though you have a very similar uh, roots, 
it, it's for very different reasons. Yours is pressure, the pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. Yours is the pressure to feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I, I mean that's pretty much every addict. Mm-hmm. Either either uh, like in my case, I, I relate more to Autumn in this. Uh, it was because I didn't feel love. I didn't feel uh, happy, and I needed something to pick me up or to numb the pain mm-hmm. that I felt. Uh, and there's so many addicts who are like that. But even in your case, it's I have so much pressure on me to achieve and to perform and to be perfect mm-hmm. that I just can't live up to. I need I need to drink to cover that up. Right. Right. Uh, and I I think that's that. I mean, you guys are almost like a power couple of uh, of addiction so reform. Team, teamwork makes the dream work. That teamwork is, makes the dream. That is our family right. motto, and yeah, for a, like you, that got us through till this point. And you know, now we're trying to do something positive with that teamwork versus yes, staying right. staying in the problem. Now, so. I, before we get to the the positive parts, I just want to I want to get an idea uh, of your family life and 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 how you made the dream work, quote unquote, in the midst of addiction while while raising. A kid. Now, I I don't know what you want to share about your family and all that, so I'll leave that to you. But how did you get that to happen to work out? Ah, uh, surviving is yeah. what I look back on a lot of the time we had. Um, and and I would say probably that first period of um, us having Ty. Um, and most people don't know, or some people do, but um, our um, middle son has Wolf-Hirschhorn syndrome. So, um, that's a pretty involved, um, needs. He has a feeding tube. He's nonverbal. Um, and he's nine now and doing amazing, yeah. but there was a point in time where that wasn't the case. Um, and so I would say from the time he was born till the time he was about seven, maybe, um, we were so immersed in, um, just caring for him and, and just surviving in that point, I would say, there was not a lot of, if any, I don't know, maybe you, there was no drinking or using really. For a couple of years after. Yeah, I was about time. to say. Um, and it was just survival mode. You know, he was yeah. in and out of the hospital and. Um, but we're addictive personalities, so we can bond together and be straight lined. You right. know, like uh, right. uh, when we needed to be in that right. moment too. Yeah, so and this is exception. the one thing people don't understand about addiction uh, personalities. Yeah. Is that you can be addicted to good things, right. all right? Uh, and when there is a purpose in front of you, yeah. you can bond together for that time. It doesn't mean that you've dealt with your addiction. Right. No. It just means that you're just you're right now. You're putting it to the side so that you can do what you got to do. A hundred percent. And at that point, I would say I was addicted to fixing the situation. Yes. Yeah. And how can we? Um, all my emotional and and mental energy was into him. But after we had a sister, it was like things slowed down a little bit. He started getting a little bit healthier. And there's a whole host of emotions that go along with not dealing with having a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. And so that after I had um, my daughter, I had a horrible postpartum. Um, yeah. And so that's when it kind of just came back full force for me. Okay. Um, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Um, and... Ty wasn't sleeping, my daughter wasn't sleeping, so therefore I wasn't sleeping. Right. I was like, if I'm not going to sleep, yeah, yeah. I will not really sleep and get stuff done during the day. Right. So, you know, my um, 
addiction came back full force there. It was any, it was survival mode again. So, so then when did yours come back then? And why do you think it did? It was the same time. You started drinking again pretty heavily. When was that? That was... <laughs> it all blends. This is COVID. It all blend. Well, I was pretty into it, and so then you had to get, you had to get healthy. Yeah, correct. I was healthy while you, you were, were very sick. There. And yeah. then um, I would say right before you went, we moved to Wisconsin. That was Wisconsin. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it got real sick again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of beer in Wisconsin. There is a lot cheese. of beer in Wisconsin, but for us too, it's always, um, okay, we're going to change of scenery. We always run away. We always run away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and, yep. and in that moment it was, it was the promotion for me. Yeah. It was a thing I'd been working like nine years for, um, to get that promotion, get that call up to and take over that office. And it was that validation I was seeking. Yeah. And I, mean, I hated him for it. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, and so it's like you get there and then, okay. Right, still, that hole still wasn't filled, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I know, I know how this works, right? And and then that's when the booze crept back in. You know, it, it, it's it's funny uh, because you know, <laughs> uh, Heather and I, when we were first married, um, I stopped at nothing to become a pastor, mm. and ended up moving to Minnesota. <laughs> you know, with my wife being angry, <laughs> angry yeah. with me too. You know, you, uh, and and it was escape. Right. Every time something would go wrong, because I didn't want to deal with the actual mm. problems, I wanted just to fix. I just wanted a fresh start. Right. I mean, how many times do addicts say, "I just want a fresh start," right. and yet their problems follow them wherever Gosh. they go? Maybe it's not the location. But let's try it one more. <laughs> let's time. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> this know? time. I mean, Heather and I, we moved nine times in like eleven years. I lived in the same house from the time I was born until the time I moved in with him. And yeah. we, it was the same way. We moved nine times in like, in like nine years. Yeah, nine or ten years. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for us moving up to Wisconsin, he he was going towards something and that was that promotion. But right. for me, it was leaving my family. Yep. It was leaving the support I had with a kiddo with special needs. Yep. Doing the doctor thing all over again. We have to reestablish doctors. We have to reestablish schools. It was highly stressful. Yep. And then, you know, and I think that was something for me that I always struggled with is he always had work to go to and get away from it all. While I got to sit and me with my mind is not, it's not a good thing. My my mind is not a good place for me, especially, um, you know, with with not a lot to do. Right. So I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a passion. Yeah. Um, And I really struggled up there. Yeah, I can um, I can definitely um, you know relate to that. You know, as far as uh, having that whole you know, we had something to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian and Brian and I had something to go to, and our wives would just stay home and you know fall either fall into depression or you know fall into depression and, and, and do something about it and you know negatively. So, <clears throat> what was it like then? You moved to uh, southern uh, South Central Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. Southern Indianapolis. Uh, and something changes, right? Something clicked for you guys, and you decide this this time we mean it. This time we're gonna we're gonna stop. What what happened? Walk me through this last uh, this last recovery rehab. So, um, I would say it was April of no, it was before then. 
maybe March or April of, of last year, um, where I, I was just, I don't know, I was just done. I just, you know, the fun, the fun had been out of it for a long time, but you kind of, you still keep going through the motions and yeah, it's, it's the old, oh, I'll quit tomorrow or I'll quit yeah. the, uh, the yeah. next day. Like you're getting close, uh, but you're not quite there yet. And, and then the, the line in the sand finally happened in, uh, it was July 17th for me, mm-hmm. um, of last year. And it, during those last few months, I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit in me brought up this anxiety that I'd never felt before in my life. Yeah. That, I mean, literally I'm waking up in the middle of the night, like panic attacks, like my world was closing in on me mm. and I, I just, I felt something, I felt it like I'd never felt, um, this, this sense of panic, like you are going to die clown, you know, yes. uh, you yep. need to stop. Yep. Yep. And, and it just. It, it just pulled and lifted me out of it. Okay. And, uh, you know, I went back to start going back to meetings mm-hmm. and, uh, I just, I felt like, um, that, all right, it's time to step up, be the leader of this family. Like, yeah. And, and, and it starts with me and, and that's what happened for me. So when, when he starts doing this and a complete <laughs> honest and transparency, right? Yeah. What were the thoughts going through your mind? So for a long time, um, I had hid my addiction because most of the time he was pretty drunk. Um, you know, and and it's easy to hide that when, you know, nights he, he just wasn't that present. Yeah. So you hid it from him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I always like to say, because I wasn't lying because this is the running joke. Like I wasn't lying. I just didn't tell him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't um, ask the right question. Yeah. That's where you're at. Yeah. No. And so um, he got sober and, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's paying a lot more attention and this doesn't make sense and this doesn't make sense and started asking questions. And, you know, when he asks questions, I'm most of the time honest about it for the most part. Right? No? This is a podcast, Brian. You can't give a facial expression. (laughs) Avoidant, honest. How's yeah. that? Honest, yeah, okay, honest yeah. avoidant. Yeah, that sounds that like that, that sounds like a yeah. good husband answer. Yeah. <laughs> you won't pay for later. You know, <laughs> we joke that you have to ask I'm the, right question. the most honest person, except if I'm in addiction, and yeah. except if it has to do revolving around that, because I will do anything, and I will feed my addiction whatever it takes. Yeah, and so as you know, humbling as that, I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody wants to say that. Nobody yeah. wants, it feels dirty for me to say that, um, you know, I'm not an honest person when I'm in that because it takes what it takes to get what I want. And, and that's the number one thing that's above my kids. That's yep. above my husband. That's above myself. Yep. And, um, I can, I can be honest today and say that. Whereas, you know, there was a point in time where I would say, no, my kids, I love my kids. I yeah. love my family. Well, yeah. Cause you're lying to yourself too. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you do love them. It's not like you don't, but right. it's, they're not top priority. Isn't right. it funny though, that the thing that makes us quote unquote feel the best on the inside makes us absolute jerks on the outside. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. And yet, all we see is the quote-unquote good stuff. Right. Right? We don't... We're blind to our own crappiness. Well, and I remember... there. That was the one thing that kind of set something off in me. Is that Brian and I have always 
gotten through it and it, there's never been a point in time where we weren't good you know what I mean yeah, right. and so at the very end of this time I found myself just resentful like not wanting to be around him and I'm like oh crap yeah like it's not good with us right. and so I remember him looking at me and just seeing that look of disgust yeah you know and yeah. I said I know you hate me right now but just know that you can't hate me more than I hate me oh wow and I was at a point where I did. I, I just didn't like who I was. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times when you're in addiction and you don't like who you are and you feel guilty, what's the only way to not feel guilty? More drugs. And so you, more, it's yeah. this horrible circle. So Right. Um, yeah, it was about a week before Christmas. It was a week before, yeah. yeah. 17th, 16th. It was a week before Christmas and... I just knew, I knew it was the end and I was ready. That's great. And so, um, I went to a place in Texas and for five weeks and you know, the first, it's interesting uh, putting my family through all of that. And the first thing I thought of and the reason that I, you know, cause there's always a reason why you can't go get sober, you know, yeah, right. this or this or this. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But my reason is what are people going to say? Yep. And it wasn't, Oh, I'm going to miss Christmas with my kids. It's, Oh, I can't go because then people people are gonna know where am I at Christmas? Like, mm. what are people gonna think? Yeah, yeah. And that still, you know, it brings tears to my eyes thinking about that because that still is, is that part of me that is worried about other people and what their perception of me and the stigma of addiction and yeah. all that stuff. So, what then helped you to overcome that guilt in order to go to Texas? I think it was more just, you know. I knew, you know, deep down, like, and I knew deep down, like, it didn't matter because I was going to keep getting worse. And what were people going to say? Then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it meant more to me to be okay for my kids. Yeah. It, it, deep down, it did. I knew I'd been to treatment before. I knew I, it was going to help one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was just knowing deep down that, um, it, it meant more for me to be better for my kids than it did, you know, the Center Grove mom down the street. What sure. she thought about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, did you then fully support that decision before Christmas? Did you try to talk her out of it to wait the least after Christmas? What was that like for you? Oh, heck no. Uh, <laughs> He's like, here, no. I'll pack your bags. <laughs> I, was pre- I was presenting this option in late October. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Mean, yeah, so I was in and through... Uh, my counseling and, and yeah. folks I was talking to and a guy that specializes in, in interventions, things like that. Um, he was helping coach me. They were helping coach me to, to effectively set those boundaries and, and ultimately hold those boundaries. Wow. And, Great. Uh, which was really hard because we'd never, we never had that in our relationship. Okay. There weren't, there weren't any rules around right. addiction, right? right? Cause we just, like we said earlier, we we just powered through it and we just figured it out. So this was the first time in our relationship where someone was going, eh, eh, right? No, there's like here's sand. here's a line, and you know we'll we'll look back and, and laugh or maybe joke about that that night, you know, for a long time. But um, <laughs> um, it, it yeah we 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 got there right. Yeah. So um, it took what it took. And yeah, I think that's true for everyone. Yeah, so you you so. And if, to use your words, the Holy Spirit really just drove both of you into uh, to do the right thing at the right time. 
I think for me too, it was, um, I was fighting for so long and actually after I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I had a peace. Yes. It was like, okay, I don't have to fight anymore. Oh, I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there, I wasn't scared. I was ready and, um, I was running to something, not running away from yes. something. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And, and it's like a, a, a switch mm-hmm. turns on in your brain. You're like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can have purpose yeah. again. I can, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Tell me if you think this is true. Do you, do you think that uh, an addict who is looking at rehab is afraid they'll lose a part of themselves or part of their personality? They won't be the same you know, same thing that the things that they like about themselves will also be gone uh, after they get off their addiction. I think so. I I think that uh, there's a part of like for me, who's always seeking that validation. Yeah. Um, will people like me? Am I going to be, you know, how do I, and it's for alcohol, that social lubricant, how am I going to exist around other people? Yes. Right. Right. Like, the, the real honest answer is I'm socially awkward to a certain extent <laughs> and more of an introvert yeah. than, than I would like to admit. Um, and so how am I going to, how am I going to move forward in life? Right. right. Will, will I, if for me it was, will I still be successful? Will I still, you know, what does that look like? And, and so all those, um, those questions are, are still, were still inside of me. Yeah. For sure. How, how, how do you think about it, Autumn? I think it's more just your whole life exists in this bubble of what your addiction has created. And so even though that is feels uncomfortable for the most part, it's more comfortable knowing, knowing everything that's going to go on. You know, it's, it's, it's the leaving something and change is hard for everybody. Yeah. And so nobody really wants to, um, you know, go into something that's uncomfortable and leaving essentially everything that you've created around you yeah yeah um, for sure so there's a fear of that i think all right so <clears throat> so you come home from rehab i do yeah life is different yeah i mean they put me on um and, and simply i'm it's funny because they put me on an antidepressant and i was so anti-medicine yet i was self-medicating <laughs> right lord knows what yeah you know yeah. and so Um, but finding that right combination and, um, you know, getting, they did a lot of meditation at the place where I was at. Um, very, um, you know, we didn't have our phones. We did getting quiet, which is something that I was scared to death to do. And, um, that I think was a huge help. And I continued that when I got home and I just felt different this time. And then the pandemic happened. So that was kind of new, but yeah. So so uh, I want to get to COVID in a second because yeah. I feel like that's a whole nother issue with addiction. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so you, you get home and everything is um, everything is different. You know, you you feel different. She's acting different. You're all acting different. Um, did you have a conversation about moving forward into the life that you're living now, or did it just kind of? How did you guys end up where you're at today as business owners, uh, as, you know, as I'm looking at Brian wearing this healthy bartender shirt, <laughs> um, you know, tell me about that and that whole process. We were in the hotel room in Texas yeah. and, um, you know, we were having conversations. It was, it was quiet, right? And, you know, no kids around and, 
and everything's new and fresh. And we talked about, you know, burning it all down. Yeah. You know, we talked about, um, that old life, you know, that we've been up and down and in, you know, all of that for so long. Um, let's burn it all down. And for us, that meant, you know, just a complete change. And so we, we got back and, um, I mean, in a short amount of time to fast forward, I mean, we sold the house, we changed the cars, we started a business, you know, I lost 40 pounds. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, like I said too, it's funny because you go into rehab and I was in a room with like six other women, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm used to my, you know, 5,000 square foot house and, and all that stuff. And I'm stuffed in this room with my, you know, eight changes of clothes and even though it was uncomfortable, there was a simplicity to it mm-hmm. that I didn't realize that I craved. Yes. And so I, you know, we were sitting in that hotel room and I said, babe, let's just sell it all. You know, I, we're addicts. So you want to go to the opposite extreme. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. right? Yeah. So it's like, sell it all. We're moving to India and we're living in a hut. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, somewhere in the middle was. The kids will love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the middle of that is some balance yeah. and so you know we like you said we put our house on the market we um and i think a big thing for us is you know showing our kids something different yes we were very 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 privileged and yeah. i think you know with his career and our our lifestyle but we were still so unhappy yeah and so i think this process not only has shown our kids um, you know, it's easy to say something. It's easy to say things aren't important, right. but to really actually put some action behind it and do something was a big deal for us. And I'm super proud of, of almost the 180 that are alive. I mean, in the short period of time, um, and, and by no means are we, um, even we just getting started. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it's cool to, to be in the place that we're in, you know, people say, um, you know, a year from now, it's going to be a year from now. Are you going to be stuck in the same place or, or you can you can do something different? Yeah. And it's insane to me, the life we have now. Yeah, right. Um, so so what, are you, what are you doing now as a family um, to safeguard your recovery? Do you want to go? I mean, I met with my sponsor yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd say, um, you know, seeking spiritually is a huge thing for me. Okay. Um, And so I think for a long time, I, religion itself, I kind of shied away from. And so this for me is a place where I'm 100% honest of who I am, of yeah. what I feel, right. and, and for me to say, you know what, I don't know what I believe, um, but I'm seeking. Yeah. And so, you know, we have a couple mutual friends who, yes, you do. yeah, and so people that will say, you know what, I love you where you're at, yep. and ask all the questions that you want. Yeah. And so um, for me, that is finding my spirituality. That's, um, you know, being involved in AA, that's helping other, um, doing stuff like this, um, and giving back. And for so long I was so selfish. And so that's kind of where we're at. Like, we'll be okay. What can we give and how can we help? Oh, I love it. No, and and that's for me. I've been around AA before. Yeah. Right. And I've been around recovery before. Right. I've never really thrown myself in it. Like I have other things. It's always been, uh some mostly a selfish pursuit right right still 
Um, and so I think for me, the best thing to safeguard is give it away. Yeah. Is to be able to get in, help others. Um, and, and whether it's through the energy spot, whether it's through, you know, coaching, uh, uh, the different things that, you know, businesses we're talking about, uh, coming in the future, it's helping other people. And that's the best way to keep, in my opinion, best way to keep what you have. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that, that I had to realize early on is that uh, these positive things can be just as, as dangerous of an addiction as drugs and alcohol. Uh, I and a lot of people don't understand this because I used my Christianity as an addiction, um, you know, for probably ten years. You know, and 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 by what I mean by that is that I uh, I was so addicted to the spiritual highs, the theology, the I didn't let. Christ deal with my issues because isn't that what addictions do? They, mm-hmm. they, they cover over. Right. They don't deal with mm-hmm. the issues of your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it took about ten years for me to understand that I had to let Christ in deep, deeper, right? And so the question that this is all leading to is, you know, you got energy spot. You're being, you know, better parents. You know, you're into this whole, you know, health, healthy living things, which is great. AA, all this stuff is amazing. How do you make sure that you just don't transfer transfer your addiction from negatives to positive and still not deal with your issues? I would say for me, um, I guess it's been maybe we both dove deep into therapy, so, yeah. and I I don't mean just the how are you feeling therapy. Right, it's right. why are you thinking that therapy? Yep. Um, and I would suggest any like people <laughs> I suggest therapy to anybody yeah, um for sure. and I think for so long there was a sigma attached with that as well and it's like how are people really looking at how they're thinking feeling reacting yeah. to situations objectively if they don't have somebody else kind of talking them through that right you know I think you're I think you're right on I think it's it's is still diving deep into these things mm-hmm. But using them for a positive change rather than just a blanket, mm. you know, it, it's it's like instead of using a blanket to cuddle up and suck your thumb with, you're actually covering it, so you're using it for its intended purpose, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's a great answer. You have anything to add, uh, Brian? No, I, I've been seeing a therapist for over well over a year. Yeah, and and for me initially it was. Um, how do I handle the situation that's right in front of me? But ultimately, peeling back and what were the issues that caused the, you know, uh, the drinking was was a byproduct of the things that were exactly. going on inside of me. Yep. So what are those things? Yep. Let's talk about those things. Let's deal with those things. Yep. Um, and, and getting to a place where um, you that now I need some level of maintenance in those areas rather than um, stitches. Yeah, well, exactly right. You know, and, and, and you know, I don't think I've, um, uh, I don't think we've said this enough on this podcast. We say it a lot. Uh, mental health is so vitally important, and I, and I am not ashamed to admit <clears throat> I've been seeing a counselor for years. Mm-hmm. You know, about two years now. Um, you know, and and it's it's been so helpful. Mm-hmm. Helpful for my PTSD, helpful for my depression, those kind of things. And you're exactly right. And you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're struggling with addiction or know somebody who is, get mental health help. Mm-hmm. You know, go to Care Change in Avon. Mm-hmm. Go, go to you know your provider that your insurance gives you. Whatever, just get some help, right? 
Um, okay, so as we kind of finish out, because we, we, we're kind of running out of time a little bit, and I want to make sure we have you know, um, adequate enough time for you to answer this. If you had an addict struggling right in front of you, and you needed to, um, you wanted to give them a piece of advice, what would it be? You're not alone. Okay. Um, would be the first thing. I, I think if, if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I, I want, I think connection is one of the biggest things that we're missing when we're out there in yes. active addiction. Yeah, I agree. So getting that feeling of you're not alone, there are others, there's a solution, there's help. Um, not everybody wants to hear that right away, but right. I think maybe that's the first wall that... Um, you have to break through to get some level of, um, to get an audience with someone. There are people who understand your struggle and your addiction. Mm -hmm. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. What about you? I was going to say that something similar, like for me, um, you know, people ask me, you're, why do you speak out about addiction? Aren't you embarrassed? And, um, for me, that's one of the main reasons I do it is because I want people to see that they're not alone and I've had numerous people reach out to me, private message me, text me. And that is a hundred percent. Do you think I enjoy showing the world? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not a pretty thing. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know, there's people that, um, I reached out to and he was able to reach out to. And, um, I think that's so important and the connection is, is so important. And just to end on that, you know, whenever I was in treatment and the scariest part was not knowing if I was going to be able to stop. Right. 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 And so, um, afterwards I got this tattoo and it's, um, the patron saint of lost causes because Mm. for me, autumn quit, could not quit using drugs and alcohol on their own. I couldn't, I tried over and over and over again. And there came a point in time where I, cried out to God, to the universe, whatever it is, I said, help me. Yeah. And so that's where my real journey began. Okay. There's something different. Yes. Because I couldn't do it on my own. Yes. And so I believe that I'm being led to the right people in the right places. And, um, you know, if you're, if you just do the next right thing, Mm. yeah. And if the only thing I do today is I don't pick up a drink or a drug. And that's a good day for me (laughs) because everything else will fall into place is kind of how I feel. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you that God puts the right people Mm -hmm. in the right place at the right time, uh, and hopes that we listen, um, and that we connect. Uh, community is so vital. That's why we have CTP, why we do these things. We want to offer community to people, right? So guys, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this. This has been fun. This has been fun for me. Uh, and, and promise me if you have a podcast, you will invite me on, uh, and and you know we'll we'll have some fun together for sure. All right. Uh, well, if uh, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you would like more information on uh, Community Transformation Partners, you can go to our website, communitytransformationpartners.org. Uh, you can email me, Larry at communitytransformationpartners.org. Uh, our podcast is brought together by people who lovingly support and donate to the cause. 
Uh, if you uh, feel led to donate to us, uh, you can go to communitytransformationpartners.org forward slash donate to find out more. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. As always, peace, love, and soul.